I am unashamed. What about you? Well, I'm just back from Nashville. I like this time of year. We've welcomed a new addition. You are, you are for sure a grandfather. I am a grandfather. A grandfather. They named the daughter Maris Carraway Robertson. Miss Kay came in, and when she reported to me that your child was named after her, she bawled. Oh, I know. Well, listen to this. Listen to this. So I got this, what do they call those dogs? Giant Pyrenees, Great Pyrenees. Great, great Pyrenees. Great Pyrenees. Great Pyrenees, but he is a giant. And so Brighton, my daughter-in-law, has the baby. Less than 24 hours later, they decided to come to our new place there in Tennessee for Thanksgiving. And 20, I, 24 hours less, less than 24 hours, I thought. You're talking about the mother is The coming. mother is coming, I thought. Well, how is that possible? Because I was a part of three childbirths. And I thought it was my, like getting sick for a while. Well, my wife, she didn't go anywhere for two or three days. Well, trust me when I tell you, the first one, the only one that I actually watched burst forth from the loins of your mother <laughs> It was old Jeff, and when I saw that, I said that would I would have take me a month to to be walking after what I saw. Yeah, I, I mean it was worse than gutting a hog. I thought, good night. Yeah, how do they? How does these women do that? Because so I was why. thinking I I couldn't do that on a regular yeah. basis. Not a no. So we had cleared out. Yeah, we had cleared out the driveway, but I saw my dog lurking, and I thought, "Well, I don't need." You know, the worst thing that can happen is this dog bump into. Oh yeah. The mom or the baby, or so. So I was getting the dog out in the pen, and he's a goat herder, so I'm getting him in the goat pen. So when I come in, they've already officially arrived. I looked up, and Missy and Brighton. Or just tears, or just, and I, I panicked because I thought they're well, balling. Something what? happened with the baby yes, already. Something's wrong. What do we need to call nine one one? But they both couldn't talk, and I was like, "What is wrong?" And everybody was looking bewildered, and I thought, "What?" Because the baby looked fine, and I, I couldn't figure it out. And Missy said, "It's the introduction." I said the introduction the of what? Of what? Well, she was introduced. To Maris, Missy being introduced to Maris caused everyone to cry. Because she had met the baby met until the baby. this moment. Yeah, until then. And they just. Because I guess they wouldn't let you, with, probably with the COVID right. protocols, they, they wouldn't let you in the hospital. Yeah, you couldn't. They only had two people that could be with the mom, which is the mom's mom and the mom's husband. So everyone else was disqualified. So were you there on the premises when the baby was born? No, that's what I'm saying. You you couldn't. So you only the husband and the mom's oh, mom yeah. Okay, yeah. could be at the hospital. The grandfather. But we were there. The grandfather, you're out. So less than 24 hours later, and look, she she showed no signs. I hope this is not a critter. I'm digging something out of my beard for what is that? Cypress. Cypress. 
We've been duck hunting this morning. We had a pretty good hunt. What we kill? 16, 17. 16. I call that pretty fair shooting. It, it was it was pretty good. We and we have a new name if we if we did videos like we used to, we we came up with a name. Zach, you ready? I'm ready for it. Own one. Own one. You know how the quarterback will go up and say own one? Because what keeps yeah. happening is ducks will come in and light, but it'll be so early that if you don't shoot them on the water, once they get up, you can't see them because the backdrop. And so what we used to do when that happened is we would count to three. And on three, everyone would shoot. The problem is most of the people in the blind now can't hear. So this has happened about five times. But today I said, on three, ready? And I went one, and boom, a shot fired. And then they got up, and we couldn't see them. So some more come in. I said, all right, on three. One, boom. Same thing. <laughs> I think it was. Who did the shooting? I Who think shot Phil it? once and Cy twice. And so I said, why don't we just start shooting on one? <laughs> but then everybody's that that it's hard <laughs> because when you we don't know when you're going to say one. Most people are, don't stoop so low as to shoot a duck sitting on the water anyway. Most of them say, "Well, that's unsportsmanlike conduct." But we've made an art form of it. Do, you, say, do they taste any different? <laughs> no. <laughs> that. <laughs> what's, what's what's happening over Phil there? Phil had a big sneeze. <laughs> I did, <laughs> but I, you know how your face looks different right before you sneeze. So when I said, "Do they taste yeah. any different?" <laughs> Phil looked at me and I thought, "What look is I that?" But it was so. the pre-sneeze look. Well, I'd like to know the medical <laughs> the medical term on what and how and why a sneeze is possible with animals and humans. A sneeze. You can't stop it. You're going to torque up and just... No, look, my, my wife will not sneeze. When she, when she feels it come on, she How do you cinches st- everything down. Look, because I've tried. Not do it. I tried. And, and look, it'll, it comes out like... It's like it's a... still a sneeze. It's a it's an audible noise. It's still a sneeze. But a sneeze, like the it. second once you sneeze, is an awesome yeah. feeling. It's a good feeling well, to go. No, I like it. I mean, you, well, side broke it broke is. two ribs sneezing. Yeah. So it can be dangerous well, once you reach a certain age. And that explains why you don't get but one one shot when he you came say one. in one day at the duck call shop and he was all wrapped up. And he said, Well, boys, I broke two ribs. I said, Now, do you get in a fight? And he said, No, I sneezed. <laughs> that can break ribs? That's what he said. Uh Man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you, the, what I can't stand is when you're about to sneeze and then somebody cuts you off and distracts you and you don't do it. That's that's the worst feeling ever. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's I, mean, a, I actually, I enjoy it's it. I'm a feel. It's, well, it's a, I've tried to, it, it's a release. I've tried to get Missy just to come out with it. I said, I live for the day. Why doesn't she care to sneeze? She, I mean, thinks, she thinks it's an embarrassment thing. She just... She doesn't now that's want why to. I'm no. I, why does your body do that? Is it is it is it a good thing for your body? I think it it's there to remove unwanted guests. 
in the germaphobe world. Yep. That's just my opinion. Should I look this up? You know, somebody bound to pontificate on it. I, I don't know. I just always wondered what exactly, because when while ago, when you asked me that question, a sneeze was coming on. It, yeah. It's, 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 you, 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 I can't stop the train. I mean, it, it's. Uh, once it gets going, you can't stop. Well, you can stop it. If somebody gets in my way, like if Jill tries to distract me. A lot of them kind of grunt right and they, they the stop peak. the sneeze and they go. Uh, nah, right, listen to this. Let it out. So when you sneeze, it could be an allergic reaction, a viral infection, a change in temperature, or a sudden bright light. Your nose becomes agitated. When this happens, your body does what it needs to do to get rid of the pesky irritant. It huh. causes you to need sneeze. Now, you think that just came from a collision somewhere and then life formed and you had this thing inside of you that would make you sneeze? I mean, all the detail. When you start looking at the details of life, there had to be that's my a point. designer. That's my point. I mean, uh, you know, how do you, how do you, but you, you know, animals would do that. Dogs, dogs yeah. will sneeze. Well, it's, and it's always funny. Yeah, it's funny. We laugh. I mean, you know, Bobo sneezes, you know. It shows me that the creator has a sense of humor. So anyway, back to the baby. So the it, it was awesome. Everybody gave a little speech and, and it was a lot of. People were getting choked up. I mean, right and left. So I, I, I mean, tears were flowing. Tears were were flowing. And I so, don't remember that kind of response to any of you. I think some of it's because of this these coronavirus rules. Because because no, usually the family is at the hospital. It's but so now you have this two or in this case one day waiting period where nobody can do anything and the. And the anticipation starts mounting and you become because I saw the roller coaster even with my wife. I mean, there was agitation, anxiousness, excitement, all the emotion. And we were putting on a Thanksgiving dinner. We were hosting the meal for both sides of the family. So, so the kid was born on Thanksgiving Day? Well, the day before. The day before. Which is easy to remember. Yeah. So we had I didn't the, want to get in the way of of the procedure when the woman the water breaks and and, and they go in and she's dilating yeah. and I just didn't want to be standing around getting in the way at a, such a serious moment as a child coming forward so I said the best thing I can do is just I'd be more, more, do more harm. Well, than good. somebody should. I mean, what am I going to do? Stand there and well, say, "Wait a minute, you're there keep for, pushing." I mean, you're there. Yeah, you're there for moral support. I guess. It's, I mean, Missy's. She's like, hey. I had softened by the time Jep got there. And Miss Kate said, "You ought to see. You would appreciate these kids more if you would see one being born." And she I was said, probably right, and she talked me into it, and and I did tell her from that moment on my respect for womanhood and giving birth to children rose exponentially. I said, I said, I never realized what a woman goes through to have a baby. But I said, I, I would never let that happen but once. But I'd be done with that. I said, no, I ain't going down that road again. But No, it's pretty incredible. It really is. I mean, when I, I saw all of mine born, and I will tell you this, that um, – I had a weird sensation because you're right, it is kind of a gruesome sight, but you go from like 
almost like well so you what admit is this? it was gruesome it, to watch because that's that's the word gruesome oh yeah yeah it was it was pretty brutal but but when the baby comes out and you're looking at all this i mean it's a spiritual experience i mean you're like man life just i just didn't want to see my it's, woman writhing in pain and me standing there with a grin on my face i just said i can't do it i said <laughs> it's too serious a moment for me to even yeah you know i just didn't want to get in the way or but but I watched her and I thought, how did the world? That was probably your subconscious just trying to get you to. Oh, I mean, because it is, it's a, it's quite the thing to watch. It moved my compassion knob, exponent. It moved it a lot. Well, that I said, needed I to re- I now that, respect that all needs. womanhood. <laughs> I salute them worldwide. Kay was <laughs> Kay was right. So look, here's the funny part. You know, I had this name. I. And we we did it on a podcast. I was going to be known as Rock. And I don't know if we ever come up with one for Missy. But then the day before, because I flew up there in a hurry. But the day before, we were duck hunting. And we had something happen that has never happened before. We had pintails, pintail ducks. And I always go crazy every year about pintails. They usually don't, don't. get in our hole till january but always having it they're beautiful birds beautiful and always have an anticipation on when will i shoot my first pintail and once i shoot the first one it's i feel like i'm at peace with the created world yeah in my world so and i don't even think about it during the first split because we don't ever see them so we get a bunch of shovelers which are at the bottom of the food chain they're called shovelers because they shovel mud for sustenance. And they smell like that blue mud. Like, yeah. So stench. we, we have some shovelers come, up, come across, and my heart's not in it, but everybody's getting ready because we hadn't shot many ducks, and we, we figured we could find somebody who would find a way to make them taste good, give them away. And so they come in, and right before we say kill them, Jay Stone says, shoot the pintails, which caused everybody to stop. You remember? You were there. Oh, yeah. I stopped and thought, where is there a pintail in this bunch of Because there were about 15 or 20 shovelers, and I didn't see the pintails. I didn't either. So I look, 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 look. But as I'm looking, they're drifting over the decoys over onto my side. And I look at the lead duck and it's a bull sprig that's the slang name for a pintail as pretty as i've ever seen so i said well i'm fixed to kill that right here right now raised up boom and there was actually three pintails in the group and we got all three of them somehow or another and, and a couple of shovelers so i took that as a sign because then i got the word that the baby had been born so i thought you know what I'm going to change my name from Rock, because they didn't like that, to Papa Sprig. Papa Sprig. Because I'm taking the, <laughs> this. This has ring, never it's got a ring happened. To it. And so I put, they had a group chat updating everybody on the birth of the baby. <laughs> we need to take a break. All right, so Phil, how old are you now? 75. 75 years old. I don't think I know any man your age that works as hard as you do. I've never seen anybody work like that at your age. Do you have any pains? Zero. 
Not one ache. I know for a fact the only pill you take is the Omega XL. You've got 360 joints from your neck down to your vertebrae and your back down to your arms, hips, knees, and feet. That's 360 joints to take a beating every single day that you get out there and work and um, age. And so that's where our friends Omega XL come into play because of the science. So when we're younger, our bodies produce a substance called SPMs and they're nature's way of keeping your joints healthy. But as we age, we don't produce enough SPM, which is why we're in pain so often. Omega XL can restore your SPMs and rejuvenate joints and muscles so you can move like you did when you were young. You can move like Phil on his land when he works hard every day. Can your supplement do that? Here's what you need to do. Go to OmegaXL.com slash Phil. That's OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Or you can call 1-800-844-4888. That's 1-800-844-4888. If you order Omega XL, you'll get a second bottle for free with our code by visiting OmegaXL.com slash Phil. To tell you the truth, Zach, I'm amazed that I don't have any aches. Because I used to think 75 when I saw Paul, my dad, that he was old. But now, not so much. I give the update of of what we've been using a group text for for the baby, and they had pictures and I'm, all. I'm and, still trying to get it in my mind. Well, bird killing and childbirth. I, well, I yeah. just took it as but, a sign, Phil, that I'd never we've never shot a bull sprig in the first split. I got you. And then it happens to happen on the day. And you had never been a grandpa. I'd never been a grandpa, and this. History was made. This this yeah. epic thing happens. I mean, I took it as a sign. So I thought I will be known as as Paul Paul Sprig. And then I could tell him the story. So I send the picture of the two there was two Drakes and I, I was holding them up and I said, I got the name. Cause they're all talking in the group text. Before you go any further with your story, you you can't kill two though. You can't kill but one. So Well, you- I kill one, but I took a picture with two of them. That's legal. Or you I can take a picture. Somebody else killed well, the yeah, guy. I was, you can take a picture. But I just thought it looked better if yeah. I'm holding them up. And I, I said, you. I got my nickname. I didn't want to clarify that because yeah. we don't want to be known to. <laughs> Paul, I, I said, Paul Paul Sprig. Paul Paul Sprig. And so somebody put up, surely you're not serious. She was the only one that responded. The mother-in-law responded with a, surely you're not serious, which I didn't know what that meant. So we have doubts from the kin folks. I took that as a doubt when she said, "Surely you're not serious." Yeah. So I just. So you're not. Are you not going with it, or well? What's, so what's so the this verdict? is this is what I, I told you that to lead up to what I'm fixed to tell you. Here's what I learned during this process: when you're the mom of the baby, and you have the baby, and then I think the time frame had something to do with it, and then less than 24 hours, you get in a vehicle and actually go to Thanksgiving dinner. What I notice is you become the authority on names because somebody brought up what we're going to be called. And she just, I felt like I was in dances with wolves or whatever. And we were, we had had a conflict and all of a sudden a chief comes out, which in this case is the woman chief. And she just started telling everybody what they were going to be called. So she said, you will be called Paul. And she just moved on. 
So I didn't want to say, well, what what about Sprig? Because uh, she was on that text. <laughs> but uh, it hit me that, no, you will be called Paul. She moved to Missy. This was funny. And she said, you will be Lulu. Because her middle name is Louise. And I guess it was a variety of that. Yeah. So I guess where. So you got weeded out, basically. Well, I'm Paul and she's Lulu. Yeah. I mean, I thought Paul was a little boring. I kind of like rock and I love Sprig because of the story. With the picture, yeah. I was going to show her the picture and oh, say, this yeah. is why I'm called Paul Sprig. Yeah, you I mean, it's a bonding moment. It fit like a glove. They, no, just, they just didn't see it. Nothing. I mean, I got nothing. Yeah. So what am I going to say? I mean. But these are women that had never even heard of a pintail. Yeah, they didn't understand the word sprig. No. It it no. it's it made them nervous. The so sprig, sprig to them is is a runaway little whisker on their chin or something. That's a sprig. Get rid of that. And so the last thing I'll say about this, Missy mm. tried the two sweet potato pies for the gathering. And she hit, hit it. it out of the park. Now there were probably ten pies there. But those two sweet potatoes and she left. Got, and she received the know-how and it's quickly a day before. They came down to for the I remember her and oh, Mia came down for the for the how to make this the sweet potato pie. Yeah, to me that's the number one the number one sign that you've become a grandma when you're interested in Making yep. pies because yep. she's she's, she's never she's yeah. never yeah, she's mellowing. So that's my story. We we ate the typical dinner besides the sweet potato pies and but and Missy flew up six pounds of shrimp and because you got to have some kind of Louisiana Cajun yeah. variety. So I fried some some shrimp. So she had those flown up. Well, when they went up, yeah, somebody brought the, the six shrimp pounds. came with her. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, she's come, she's come a long way, man. That B Y O S. I remember when when rattling pots and pans was not her. She's turned into a cup. Yeah, I mean it. She's took, yes, she can. Twenty. Yeah, the last few fees I've been at your house, I'm like, oh geez, he's finally got it. That woman, he is stirred up enough to it work. It wasn't me because I told her you don't have to cook. I I will. I would love to do the cooking, but she. She wants That's a nice way of saying I'm not enjoying well, what she, you're cooking. Yeah, she just didn't cook much when we first got married. Your so. woman's a pretty good cook, isn't she, Zach? Oh, she can cook. Yeah. yeah. She's an excellent cook. Yeah. Yep. She does a good job. We had a big Thanksgiving dinner. It was good. All right. Well, Zach, you, you preached on Matthew 21, which is where we're at. Did you do that because you were going to be on the podcast, or is this a sign from above? It's a sign from above. We're doing... Um, now, we're actually going through season of Advent, which is um, Advent means the arrival of a notable person, event, or um, something big is going to happen. And so obviously with Christ coming. So we're, we're doing a four-part series, and we, we went through uh, the Messianic prophecies, which there is one in, um, in Matthew 21. Real quick before we get in, I did want to say this. Um, this I'm excited about this. So we've started this thing called sub. It's a Substack for Phil, um, where we're going to put uh, all of Phil's blogs that he writes, and also we're going to release uh, some f- uh, free chapters of Phil's new book that's coming out, uncancelled. So stop what you're doing, guys, and, and uh, our audience here. Go to philrobertson.substack.com and sign up. It's free. It didn't cost anything. It'll show up in your inbox. All you got to do is enter your email. And you'll get uh, this, uh, these um, 
weekly article articles that Phil's writing, and also you'll get um, some stuff on his next book. So go to philrobertson.substack.com. I wanted to throw that out there before we got in because that's uh, something new we're doing for uh, people that are follow, following our work here. But yeah, so we were we just went into the messianic prophecies, um, and one of them is right here about this. Uh, that's out, out of the book of Isaiah in verse 5 about Jesus coming in and riding on a donkey. So, yeah, I think it was just divine providence, Jace. All right, well, let's hear your sermon. I mean, that's where we're at. We're in Matthew 21. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. One thing I realized this morning when I woke up, because I was so tired from being in Tennessee and then coming back and trying to get up and go duck hunting, is I just fell asleep on the couch in between my two little lap dogs. And when I woke up, I thought, I should have got up and went to bed because I got a really nice bed. What kind of bed do you have, Jace? I have a Helix bed, and I am happy. A Helix sleep. Well, they say it's the best sleep that you'll ever have. And right now they're offering up to $200 off all mattress orders. And you get two free pillows for our listeners here at Unashamed by going to helixsleep.com slash unashamed. That's helixsleep.com slash unashamed for up to $200 off. I woke up and thought I was in a dog fight. <laughs> The dogs were on all sides. Yeah, yeah, they were nibbling at my toes. Yeah. Before before you finish your 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 thing, just remember, I, I I have to interject this, beginning in Matthew sixteen that we covered earlier. From that time on, after he talked about giving the the keys to the kingdom to Peter, where he could open the gate to it. And Peter's confession of Jesus is the is the Christ, the Son of God. That's who we that's who we believe you are. And after that, chapter 17, he repeated himself, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed to the hands of men, they'll kill him. On the third day be raised to life. And again in chapter 20, verse about 18, we're going up to Jerusalem. This is three times in three chapters. We're going up to Jerusalem. And uh, the, the, he's, uh, he, the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests, the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. So I just say, whatever you're going to say, just remember when he arrived riding on that donkey, which is a strange thing. He's come to die, Zach. He's, he's come to die. That's, that's why he came to the earth, to die so that in him we could become the righteousness of God, as Paul would tell the Corinthians. So I'm just saying the whole context there, it's a, it's a sad thing. I mean, the celebration that's going on, and he's coming to die, and amazingly, the disciples and, and the, his followers, the Jews, for the most part, are trying to kill him. He's, he's saying he's going to be betrayed in the... The, te- the teachers of the law and, the, and you know, the teachers of the law, the, they're going to condemn him. So when you look at it that way, it's, uh, it's quite the event to come riding up on a little donkey and you're going to die and the sins of the world will be lifted up off of you if you'll just put your faith in that. 
that that's that that's downright scary. You see what I'm saying? And humbling and humbling. Um, but yeah, that that was I mean, really it was really my, my lesson on Sunday. Because you read through these all all these prophecies of the Old Testament, which I would I would encourage anybody to do that. You start reading these and they're so specific yeah. that it's like you're like, how is it possible that that these people who had spent their entire lives devoted to studying the prophecies in anticipation of the coming Messiah, and and yet they missed it. That's so the, amazing. The, the question, yeah, it's amazing. But I think you hit the reason why, um, Phil, is that, and this is what I, the point I made because there's a interesting little passage. Let me see if I got it here. In, in uh, I think it's in Luke 24 um, when Jesus is dealing with. Um, He's dealing with these people here, and this is uh, Luke 24, 25, uh, verse 25 and 27. You know, I'm reading, by the way, from the ESV version. And, and he said to them, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe, big word here, all that the prophets have spoken. So, th- so these, they, they, they had read the prophets, uh, the Pharisees had. The, they, they were very educated in, in the Old Testament. They had read all these prophecies. They knew the prophecies. But Jesus made a point here that why did you not believe all of them? Like you only chose, you chose the ones that you wanted to hear. And then he, 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 he hones in on the ones that they missed, which is in verse 26. He says, was it not necessary, to your point, Phil, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. I think what they missed, or rather the reason why they missed all these prophetic uh, words was because they could not comprehend a Messiah that would die. That's right. They couldn't comprehend it. That's correct. And so, so I think that's one of the things when you read... You know, you read this story of Jesus in his uh, what's what's t- termed his triumphal entry. You know, it's this story of Jesus coming in as a king, and people are bowing down before him, and he's riding on the donkey, and they're putting out the palm leaves and all that. Um, but that's not that's not how things ended for him, as you, as we'll see in a, a, a few chapters later. By the time you get to the almost the end of the book of Luke in verse four, forty six and twenty four, the what you quoted there and and. Uh, 25, you get on down there in verse 40, he told them, he, he opened, first he says, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures because him dying, they just having trouble with that. But this is what is written. And he was going from what the prophet said, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And now he begins to clarify why. And repentance, uh, in other words, I'm coming up on a donkey, but here's the reason, because it was predicted that I'd ride up on a donkey, so I've, I'm going to ride up on a donkey to save the world. I've come to die. So, and because repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name to all nations worldwide, beginning at Jerusalem, it's where he is, That's where that's where this took place, you're all witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, talking about the Holy Spirit and in the book of Acts. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high, which that pretty well put, brings it all together on the reason he did it. Forgiveness, repentance, and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. And that's exactly what happened. 
But boy, when he rode up on the donkey, he's still pre-death. It's it's they're still doesn't they don't get it, Zach. But don't you think too? He did it because most people, when they become a king, they're coming from a palace. They, they don't get it. They don't the, get it the way he did. The best horse money oh, can buy. That's right. And here you're like, come on, a donkey, and you're claiming to be the son of God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even on a colt, a foal of a beast, a beast of burden was the was the prophecy from Isaiah. A beast of burden. Isn't that a rock not, song? This is not a. I don't want to be your beast of burden. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. Josh, he's on it. Yeah, that that's the, one of the rock and rollers. Came I up think with that there was beast a, of burden. Well, they got it from what Zach. They Zach got it from one said. of the prophets. It always comes back. Well, that was Zechariah nine nine where they predicted this. But you know what I noticed? Yeah, Zechariah. I said Isaiah was Zechariah. Yeah. That's right. And you know what I noticed? Well, I think Isaiah mentions it in chapter 11. Was it chapter 11, verse 1? That could be wrong. That was off the top of my head. But is there's numerous, because Matthew does it. He, he tries to find numerous references where prophecies came true. Yeah. In which we don't talk yeah. about it much, but... Look, you want evidence that this is true? Because we know it is based on faith. God chose faith, and, and he explains that in Hebrews 11.1. 1. But just looking up the writings that people found in caves, and they interpret it, or not interpret it, but take it in and put it into English. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, translate. Yeah, they translate it where we can understand it, but you go back, you're going back thousands of years. And so I started looking up when we were reading this before get just getting ready for talking about it. There's various verses, even in verse uh, nine, where he said the crowds that went ahead of him and those followed shouted Hosanna to the son of David. Well, that, that phrase to the son of David which, by the way, is the same thing that in chapter 20, and the two blind men that Jesus healed in verse 31, remember the crowd rebuked the two blind guys and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Well, this declaration of son of David, when you go back and read what they're saying, it comes from what Samuel said in 2 Samuel 7 and verse 12, just listen to this. It says, well, even in the second part of 11, 2 Samuel 7, it says, the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring, son, and I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one for my name. This is the Lord talking. And I will establish the throne of the kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. Well, who do you think he's talking about? <laughs> so that's why you have you start off with the genealogies in Matthew and Luke. I mean, th these things seem boring until you realize, wait a minute here. We have a prediction 
We have thousands of years. We now have a guy claiming to be that. And look, we got random people who were blind that had put all the pieces together. And first they said, son of David, have mercy on us. Well, why? Because they think, here's the king. And now he comes riding up on and a look, donkey. And look, the kicker is they were blind as meaning they can't see. Yeah. But, but they, but they for them to deduct and conclude what was fixing to go, oh, they could see all right. That's they why he was saying, you need to see like them. I think that's why he healed their eyes. So exactly. Hold, on, on, hold on one second, Jace. Let's take, let's take another break. So you're not going to believe what happened to me this past week. I get a credit card in the mail that I didn't sign up for. In fact, I, someone had stolen my credit and applied for several different credit cards. The way I found out, though, is not that I got the credit card in the mail. It was actually I found out on scoremaster.com, which is not why I signed up for the service. I signed up for the service because I wanted to increase my credit score. Did you know that even an okay credit score can cost you $100,000 over the life of like a 30-year loan? That's why you should use scoremaster.com before you apply to any loan. Scoremaster can take your credit score from okay to great very fast. It did for me. The average user adds 61 points in 20 days or less. A recent COVID surge keeps interest rates low for now. Adding 61 points to your score can save you thousands on your home. But those rates are going to go up soon. So before you apply, visit scoremaster.com and add points to your credit score fast. And you can use our code. You'll get 24-7 credit monitoring, which helped me identify identity theft before it got out of hand. And you get $1 million of fraud insurance. It only takes a few minutes to enroll. See your points, get more points, and qualify for the lowest rates. Visit scoremaster.com slash bill. That's scoremaster.com slash bill. And start today. Well, look at uh, look at verse nine. Whenever they uh, they shout out to him, Hosanna to the Son of David. To your point, and then there's a quote here from Psalms one eighteen, verse twenty six. What they're quoting and they're they're singing this: "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." Now think about this. So this is how this is what my point Sunday was that like they they missed the prophecy that that was a prophecy in math and in, in, uh, Psalms one eighteen verse twenty six that was written. But but look at this. That's verse twenty six in Psalms one eighteen. Back up just about four verses to Psalms one eighteen twenty two. That's just a few verses before that song, and this is what it says: the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So so even in this whole, they, they didn't understand that that the Messiah had to suffer. He would be rejected ultimately. And that's, I think that's the point. They, it's easy to follow the guy who's coming in on the on you know it's riding high. He's king. He's son of David. David was a great ruler. You know he was the big dog in town. Like I'm gonna, I, it's easy to go with that guy. But when you start talking about being rejected, when you start talking about you know being persecuted, being pierced, being crushed, having the thorns uh, thorns on your head, the, the the Psalms 22, that whole that prophecy, that man, I don't want to follow that guy. One where ultimately the one where the guy where the where the king dies. I don't want to go that. I think that's what they missed. They they wanted they 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 heard what they wanted to hear. They didn't they didn't see the whole thing until God opened their eyes, like Phil mentioned. Yeah, and look, I'll tell you another thing that stood out to me in this story is that. 
they came to Bethpage, you know, at the Mount of Olives. When we went to Israel, and somewhere it says the Kidron Valley. Where does it? And so we were there looking. Of course, that's where all the cemeteries are. It's just death. And there's and you, you know from these these three peaks where the Mount of Olives were, you had a perfect view if you'd have been standing there when the temple was destroyed in AD seventy. So you have all this yeah. death and destruction is going to happen here, which is why he's here seven days before his death. Because now we we got a time frame here, and I you, you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and you realize why he's there. So through his death, he's now going to beat death and offer a way. Yep. For hope. Yeah. I mean it. So yeah. it's not just the prophecies; it's the location, which makes sense when you look at it like that. And you remember when they said that about the temple? Where's that in John? Where he said, "You, if you tear this temple down, down, I'll build it back in three days." Well, they, you know, and it says they thought he was, what, was he crazy? It took forty six yeah. years to build this thing. Forty six, yeah. and you're so he's in this same location, and he's making claims like that and you have people who are now calling him the son of David and you put all those pieces together and you're like well what's up with the donkey though why why a donkey and I think that's why people especially prideful people have trouble putting their faith in Jesus because they're like I ain't following somebody who claims to be king riding up on a donkey that's right because it just doesn't look right it was self humiliation yeah Self-humiliation. And even how he got it, I thought, was powerful because he said, go there and you'll find a guy with a donkey and you just tell him that the Lord needs it. And he'll send them. <laughs> I mean, I want to be that guy with the Lord, you know, that the Lord needs it. Here. I mean, I think just somebody needs to do a sermon on that. The Lord needs it. But, you know, it's interesting you'd mentioned the um, you know, Jesus came to give us hope and, 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 and to conquer death himself. But it's, it's not just the conquering of death. It's also the, the uh, implementation of life with Christ. It's being in his presence, which you'd mentioned the temple, you know, and, and, and very next. Not, not that we can get into this now, but the very next part of this text is Jesus goes into the temple again and starts cleaning house. So there's a there's a direct link between you know Jesus conquering death and the establishment of his kingdom mm -hmm. and the development of a new temple all of which is the the end goal is is that we get to be in the presence of God yeah. through Jesus and, and what he finished. Look, I want to say something about that cuz I'm when I was studying that verse 13 it says this is when, when he goes in and overturned the tables. But just in the context of what we talked about being the son of David so far, when he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Well, I went over there and looked where he said that, which is Jeremiah 7, 11. And I was fascinated with chapter 7 and 8. And so let me just give you the high points here of what I found. 
Did I say it was Jeremiah 7 11? Thought I was in Jeremiah 7. Yeah. I thought I made some notations here somewhere. Maybe I didn't. Where was that? Where I yeah, well, uh, yeah, Jace, while we're waiting on you to find that, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. All right, for all of our unashamed listeners, uh, I'm excited about this. We have started a Substack for Phil. Uh, where we're going to be putting all of Phil's blogs. And some of these things are incredible, and they're very timely for where we're at in this cultural moment. Um, so uh, here's what you do. We're also going to put, by the way, uh, some free chapters of Phil's upcoming book on the Substack. You may not know what Substack is. It's like a kind of like a blog, but we're going to send you email notifications. So here's what you need to do right now. Go to philrobertson.substack. That's S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K.com philrobertson.substack.com. All you got to do is free. You enter in your email and then that's going to add you to our list. So every time we release something on Substack, you're going to get it. You're going to be in the know and know what we're talking about, what we're doing. So go check it out today. We're really excited about this and glad to have you guys on board. Well, I think when I was reading in 2 Samuel 7 about Jesus would come from the house of David and he would raise him up, I kept reading and what what watch the similarities that came later on in this location? Because here Jesus is on the Mount of Olives, right? Well, let's go back. I don't know when Second Samuel was written, but had to be a few hundred years ago, possibly a couple thousand, right? Yep. Listen to what Second Samuel fifteen thirty says. David continuing up the Mount of Olives. Weeping as he went, his head was covered and he was barefoot. And you got to remember, there was a lot of conflict going on. And and I'm just going to pick out different parts of this as we go through and watch the similarities. In chapter 16, verse 1, David had gone a short distance beyond the summit. And there was these kind of, these people that I can't pronounce waiting to meet him. And look, he had a string of donkeys saddled and loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 cake of raisins, uh, different cakes of figs, and a skin of wine. And the king asked, why have you brought these? And is that Ziba? Answered, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride on. The bread and fruit are for the men to eat, and the wine is to refresh those who become exhausted. The king then asked, well, where's your master's grandson? And you skip down. He's staying in Jerusalem because he thinks today the house of Israel will give me back my grandfather's kingdom. I mean, don't you think this is weird that they're having a similar discussion David's being persecuted. He's weeping. They come up on donkeys. And you say, well, let's continue. Verse 6. They start throwing rocks at David and all the king's officials with stones. Though all the troops and the special guard were on David's right and left. And I know you can read this story on your own time. And it kind of gets, there's a cool part up here where this guy comes up to David and said, hey, you want me to go cut this guy's head off for throwing rocks, you know, at the king? And he's like, no. And then David says, uh, verse 11 of chapter 16, my son who is of my own flesh is trying to take my life. 
Leave him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I'm receiving today. Well, who does this sound like? You know, being persecuted and stoned and in the same area where Jesus is fixing to. And look, I didn't read that out of the book or whatever. I just read and I thought when they said son of David, and you see this similarity in the same place, and now here comes Jesus representing the son of man and the son of God. I think those people who had heard that story were putting all these pieces together. How else would two blind men know that this is the son of David? And yeah. so when you start reading the history of this, which I mean, I know I did that in a hurry, but you can read Second Samuel, then read Matthew 21, and you're like, oh, this is the same place well, it's where in, all it's that It's interesting because it's amazing. It's interesting because you think you, even the guys that got it right, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the um, Pharisees didn't get it at all. Like they they didn't they didn't see who Jesus was even right. though they knew the prophecies, and then the people that did get it they still didn't get it right. I mean, you think about Peter, who walked with Jesus. He obviously knew that Jesus was like the Son of God and the Messiah, the Christ, and yet he still didn't get it because when Jesus was arrested, yeah, he he he's still thinking Son of David. He's still thinking earthly kingdom set up. He's still thinking. We're about to take it over. So he draws the sword and cuts the guy's ear off. So I definitely think, Jace, that they knew there was a parallel um, and there was a, a, a some people at least knew, particularly in this moment, knew that, um, yeah, there was some kind of messianic prophecy being fulfilled. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been crying out Hosanna to him. Yeah. But they still didn't understand the suffering Savior. And that's the, that's the part that Phil mentioned at the beginning, that why did he come? He came to die. Yeah. That's that's the gospel. You know, well, it's part of the gospel, and then obviously be resurrected. So what I was gonna say was I, I found that similarity in Second Samuel about David. I mean, here's a king back then riding up on donkeys and being persecuted, and then most kings probably would have cut the guy's head off and he's like, No, I mean he just he did exactly what later on his Lord and Savior would do, which is forgive despite what what's happening to them. And then the one in that was quoted in Jeremiah seven eleven, I remember my point now. When he when that quote was said, has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Well look what verse fifteen says of Jeremiah seven, which is exactly what you said, Zach. He said, I will thrust you from my presence just as I did all your brothers. It wasn't about the way the house was built or what's in it or how they were conducting it. They were missing the presence of God. And the same thing was happening now, hundreds of years later, as Jesus, a week before his crucifixion and resurrection, which is why Matthew had that in there as, as a quote, why Jesus said that. So when you start making those connections, it is all about the presence of God where we meet. And all these places that, uh, you know, the Kid Run Valley and uh, that Beth page, because I looked that up, I was like, what, what, what does this Beth page mean? Which I think it means house of the Lord. Because I had, there was a U.S. Open in New York 
and the name of the course was Beth Page. So I thought, was that some kind of spiritual thing or? But uh, actually, I don't I, I don't know why they're they named it Beth Page, but they got it. I, you know the term from there. But you're like, well, why are you they spending so much time about the house of the Lord? Because if you fast forward to us today, and you look at take Hebrews uh, chapter three, which is one of my favorite passages and the hebrew writer was saying that jesus is greater than moses in the same way that you know david was a, a man after god's own heart but jesus was greater than david obviously because you know look at some of the mistakes david made and they're under the old law but when you get to Hebrews 3 and verse 4, it says every house is built by someone, but God is builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But verse 6 says, but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And here's the key phrase. And we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. So my point is, Jesus is fixing to not only fulfill the law, not only give his life for our sins to show that he has the power of the resurrection, but he's going to create a way for them to empower people through his Holy Spirit and have his presence dwell in people way yeah, deeper, way more powerful than having a place built where you go and experience the presence of God. And they weren't even doing that. These people here you'd run up yeah. on, they just turned why, it into a way to make a buck. That's why it's called a kingdom, the kingdom. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it seems, well, this all seems complicated, but when you go look at the stories behind the verses, the Old Testament verses that Jesus was quoting, and you put those things together, it makes you kind of say, oh, I get it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I mean, the reason why people kept talking about the house of God, because if you want to go hang out with somebody, where do you go? You go to where they live. It was all about being in his presence. But you're right. The whole gospel is not just about Jesus saving us from our sins. It's also about the establishment of his kingdom and building a new temple, which Paul, Apostle Paul says, we are the new temple uh, and, and who the Holy Spirit dwells. So, that was good. Well, we're out of time. Hey, two two quick things though before we uh, uh, shut out here. Um, one again, go to Phil's Substack at philrobertson.substack.com. This is free. If you want to know what Phil's up to, if you want to get the free stuff, uh, free um, advanced uh, chapters of the book, go there. It's free. S uh, set up your email, and then also we got merch. Um, we got t-shirts, hats, sweatshirt, mugs. They're all twenty percent off right now with the code unashamed twenty. That's unashamed two zero, and you just need to go to philmerch.com. Philmerch.com. You can get the the cups, the hats. Last year, I think our best seller was the Love Always Protect shirt, and we also have the uh, Phil Beard mug that was a top seller as well. So go check it out, guys. And uh, as Al would say, hopefully we'll do better next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes.
And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.